This is Tony Berluti. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. What's up, you guys? Jeremy McGrath here. You are listening to Moto X Pod Show. Discovery on our sound, so hopefully there's going to be a little bit of improvement this week. Uh, this is episode 125, brought to you by our title sponsor, Torque One Racing. Providing high quality, not all of providing high quality, economical performance parts. Check out TorqueOneRacing.com for grips, pegs, handlebars, shifters, brake pedals, and more. Johnny at Torque One Racing as a passion for the racing industry, so follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're going to be giving away a set of Torque One attack crossbar handlebars, inch and eighth bars tonight on the, on the show for our YouTube listeners. So if you're not streaming on YouTube tonight, you lose out, man. That's the way it is. Don't say it. Longtime sponsor, Shock Socks, MX Drill Design, all sport dynamic wrist braces. Our newest sponsor, Blood Lubricants. Fly Racing, Power Band Racing for your WP suspension needs, Works Wheels and Mods for your motor work and Cerakoting, Extreme Colors, Custom Painted Helmets, and Kyle Tucker with Keller Williams Key Partners, all proud sponsors that we're very thankful of. Uh, we just wrapped up Paula this weekend. If you guys listen to all the other podcasts that I'm sure you listen to, you've heard all the talk about Paula. So we're not going to touch on it too much. Um, great show tonight. We've got Mark Johnson, who is uh, or was a suspension tech for Red Bull KTM on the 450 team. That's pretty cool. A lot of technical stuff this guy knows. We're going to get into some, uh, you know, just technical stuff. More like TJ's way of thinking. Uh, you know, what do you call it? Like a chassis setup and all the different things the riders want. We've got Chase Sexton on, Zane Merritt, and Billy Edmondson with Power Band Racing. Uh, TJ, we don't have a lot of time, as usual, before our first guest. But, I, I mean... A lot of complaints about the Paula truck track, but I thought it was really great racing. Yeah, I mean the racing turned out really well, and the um, I, I like you said the the racing was good. So I wasn't there at the track, and I heard the turnout was terrible. But I think we've all heard that. I mean, it's kind of what it is. Um, I like the people saying that Davy Coombs is going to go crawling back to um, to Glen Helen. Yeah, begging them. I thought that was pretty funny. I don't yeah, know if that if that'll that actually happening. happening, but that's pretty funny. Hey, so I know I'm not supposed to be looking at the YouTube, but uh, Rick Trunzo said he used the uh, the blood lubricants uh, code, which I put on Instagram. But if Heck you guys yeah. haven't seen that, we do have a discount code for blood lubricants. It is Moto X Pod, all one word. Um, I when he sent it over to me, it was in capital letters, so I don't know if that's you know important. But try to put Moto X Pod. It'll save you quite a bit of money. Uh, I think it's 
shit, I don't know, 25% off. I can't really remember, 15%. Yeah. I don't remember exactly what it was. Saved him a lot of money, though, a lot of $45. Yes, yeah, so it saved Rick some money. That's awesome. Uh, Garrett says he's going to miss some of the show because one of his kids is in the hospital. That sucks, Garrett. I hope he's, uh, hope he's okay. Yeah. Good luck to him. Got Tony Cutler from New Zealand listening. Uh, who else we got? That, is that it? Just three people? <laughs> <laughs> right now. Yeah, right now. It's because our show is terrible. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we don't have JT Cooley sitting in the corner eating tonight. So somebody last week said that's why we don't have enough YouTube followers is because <laughs> JT was eating apparently. I don't know if that's the case, but um, hey, it is what it is. Yeah, we do. We, uh, we love our listeners, and they're awesome. Yeah. And we get a lot of downloads, so the guys that can actually have the time to come on YouTube is is pretty cool in my, in my book. Yeah, definitely. And we may have some other sponsors coming on. Um, I'll tell you about that off air. I don't want to talk about it on air just yet, but uh, we may have some other things coming on. Uh, we've got about four or five minutes before we're supposed to call Mark. So I've been kind of hinting that I was going to get my 2000 CR250 back, that my two-stroke that I've been waiting on. And you went fishing and found it. <laughs> My my dad went through Mississippi, picked it up for me from the guy's house, brought it back. Was it part of the flood? Um, I I don't even know how to describe how bad a shape <laughs> this thing is in. Like it was not what I expected. I didn't ever ask him to send me pictures because I didn't want to see it. I wanted to be surprised, and boy was I. Dude, I was. When you showed me the pictures of those clutches. Destroyed. Oh my god. Uh, I don't think I've posted pictures on Instagram yet, but I will later. It's going to need, like, everything almost that you can think of, this bike's going to need new parts. Um, it's, we, my dad, we pull it off the 18-wheeler, and he, like, decides to hand-push the Kickstarter over to see, okay, he's yeah. like, oh, there's no compression. That's really bad. And it's clanking. I'm like, oh, crap, man. Something's just come apart inside there. Whatever. I get it home. I start messing with it the next day. I start tearing it down. It took me a couple of days. Up, just messing with it here and there. Get the motor off. Pull the jet top of the cylinder off. No piston. I think you just need another bike project. Like other than that one? Oh uh, yeah, you I mean no? I'm saying like I think you need another one on top of your other two Hondas. Oh yeah, well my other two aren't really projects. Have this you got them act- together? Huh? Have you? I'm saying have you got them finished? Oh yeah, yeah. They're, oh okay, yeah, I, didn't, I, I didn't know you yeah, finished both of them. them. Oh okay, I yeah, thought you I still had one of them. Last weekend I rode those. Six I saw that. I saw that. So. Yeah, they're together. It's just, but this bike and it's a '99. It's not even a 2000 like I thought it was. It's and got then, the like, fat frame. Yeah, and like. The most ugly side panel or uh, shrouds. It's but whatever. It's gonna get put back together. I hope with yep. your help. Well, we're gonna do. One of the guys said do a vlog on fixing it. He's gonna yep. do that, and then on the channel that I'm putting together, we're gonna do a build on the motor. Yeah. Um and and do that all right and kind of do a tear down. That'll be fun. I videoed. I, I I took my GoPro out there and videoed all the just the tear down process, and I haven't edited it or anything. And I was gonna kind of save it, but maybe I'll post it in the next couple of days. That, of just the teardown, but it's so bad, dude. All the plastic's faded and, like, chalky. Um, it looks like it's been sitting outside in the weather for 10 years in near the near the Gulf. Which yeah. it underwater. It really has, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I got the swing arm off and pulled. I was getting the uh, chain adjuster bolts out, just getting all the hardware out. But then I stood it up on its end, and, like, milky water started coming out. <laughs> I was like, holy crap, this is so bad. Oh, it's great. unreal, but thanks to uh, some of our sponsors and some of the industry people I've met through Pulp, I've got, I'm getting some help with stuff I need parts-wise, and I figure this thing's going to take me a year probably. Just I don't think anybody would ever, I mean, it'll be cool because I don't think anybody else has done like that first-gen build because yeah. that, that frame was pretty well, terrible. Well, I called Clint Lund, who we've had on, Lund mm-hmm. MX, because 
he does a lot of these bike rebuilds and restores. I was like, is this thing beyond saving? Should oh. I just give up? Because when I saw it, I was just like yeah. panicked. And he sent me back, yeah, man, I think I think you should just bail on it. I'll give you 40 bucks and come get it. <laughs> I was like, okay, I get what you're doing there. He goes, no, man, you're good. And so anyway, yeah, um, I'm not really one that usually does this kind of stuff. Like, it's not really my forte to that super mechanical stuff, definitely with the motor. So It'll be this, easy. TJ here is going to have to help me out. Um, but easy. it's going to be interesting. But, yeah, we'll keep you guys posted and keep, put some stuff up on the YouTube channel. Um, like I said, we're going to give away a set of Torque 1 attack cross crossbar handlebars tonight so somebody on our um, YouTube channel so don't go away we'll do that probably after the first guest um, so anyway take a quick break we'll be back with Mark Johnson hey Kylie does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts no way Kathy he uses shock socks the original and number one 10 second removable fork sill protector looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals so, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. Darkside here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936-828-1472 or email Char, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com, and that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L, and tell her Moto X-Pod sent you. What's up, Moto X-Pod listeners? This is Darkside, and as motocross racers, one of our top priorities is safety. That's why Allsport Dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products. Allsport Dynamics sees themselves as the Picasso of safety braces. Their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, please try Allsport Dynamic Wrist Braces, go to motocrosswristbrace.com or check out Instagram at wristbraceguy or call 936-569-1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind, these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci, Weston Pike, Adam Cianciarello, Matt Gerke, and Brock Tickle wear in their pro careers. Check them out, Allsport Dynamic Braces. Powerband Racing is a suspension company dedicated to providing best service and products. They are committed to developing new products and improve your ride. They want your suspension to be the best it can be. They're based out of Minneapolis, and they're a WP-authorized service center and trusted by Ryan Sipes. Many bikes to big bikes. They cover them all. Powerband Racing has your suspension covered. Contact them at 320-983-3400 and follow them on Facebook or Instagram. Okay, our first guest of the night, brought to you by Extreme Colors. If you're rolling up to the line with a custom-painted helmet, it's one of the coolest feelings you can have. Kirk Hunter has been painting helmets since 1989, and his price has never changed. So two, for $295, you can get a one-of-a-kind professional paint job on your lid. Contact Kurt at xkhelmetpainting at gmail.com, or just hit us up at the Moto X Pod show at, at uh, gmail.com, and we'll get you in contact. On the line with us, 
is uh, Mark Johnson, owner of Research Engineering Performance, and he was a suspension tech for Red Bull KTM's 450 team. What's going on, Mark? How's it going? Nice to be on the show. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, Billy with uh, Powerband Racing was uh, approached me about getting you on and told us a little bit about you, and uh, it's pretty interesting, man. Like, that sounds like a smart person's job, first of all. <laughs> I, I don't know maybe so much about smart, but uh, uh, highly interested, I would say. Highly what? Interested. Oh, interested. yeah. So how did you learn yeah, about Yeah, very into it. About, about, like, I mean, suspension, like, I don't understand suspension at all. You know, it it is a, a bit of a mystery for most. Um, and the biggest thing is, is it's always... There's always room for improvement, and yeah. this is why why I chose this path, really. And, and what was your history to, to get to there? I mean, like, did you go to, like, any, any mechanical schools, or did you just have lots of, um, you know, working on your own bikes? How did you get to the point where you became a, a suspension guru? So I, I grew up racing, as, as most of us did. Yeah. Um, I, I wasn't fast enough to make it, so... I decided to go to engineering school. Uh, I went to Cal Poly Pomona for mechanical engineering. Um, and at this time, I basically was working on suspension on the side, uh, learning it and, and just working on my own and, and my friend's stuff, um, handing out resumes to all the teams and everything while I was going to school. Um, and, and then I was approached by KTM. So uh, that's that's when I got, in, got involved with them. When you were approached by KTM, was it like come do suspension? Or like we have a buddy of ours that – um, who got to be a, a factory mechanic, but he started off like at KTM sweeping floors. You know what I mean? So, how did that work for you? Yeah. So, uh, quite honestly, dude, I was I was handing out resumes to anyone I could. I just wanted to get in, um, and I I came across a rookie, Darren Sorensen, uh, who's a suspension guy at the moment there, and uh, he said, "Hey, you know, we got a spot." So they they gave me a call, and uh, and they got me on the off road team for a year. And uh, I worked with Auntie and those guys uh, for a year, and then then Roger came on board, and and I got transferred on to the, uh, the Supercross Motocross team, which is which was ultimately my goal. That that's honestly more my interest, so uh, it worked out quite well. Were you like faking it until you make it kind of deal? <laughs> did you like did you have like good suspension experience, or how did that work out? No, I mean I I had a good understanding, a basic understanding. Um, but obviously, it's it's something you learn with experience, and uh, I was I was pretty blessed to, to, to get that position. Um, you know, I, I learned a lot a lot there. It's not like I went in there with this abundance of knowledge for suspension. Um, I learned a lot from everyone there, and uh, still learning today. So, it, like I said, it never ends with this stuff. And you said you you kind of got your foot in the door with KTM on the the off-road side how did that's correct so i know you said you were you raced and and all that kind of stuff how different is it from tuning that suspension i mean was it a huge change when you went to the moto supercross side or is it kind of the same things just stiffer so there the two main things the differences between the two i would say is uh number one the aspect of doing off-road suspension is actually more difficult on one side because they'll have a course where, you know, it's hard pack and it's slick and it's rocky. And then there's another section of the track that they have these big G outs of sand. And so you have to 
trying to find a setting that's accommodating and very broad. Um, with that being said, though, the the I guess the the intensity of and the speed that you're you're making adjustments is is a little bit slower. So it it's a lot different. Um, and again, I, I ended up <laughs> preferring the, the supercross motocross side of things just because I like the intensity and the speed of of needing needing adjustments made quick. Um, but yeah, it's it, it is a different animal for sure. And a lot of people ask about how to get in the industry and, and have those, those kind of like jobs or whatever. But you you said you went to school as an engineer. Like, was it mechanical engineer? Yes, sir. Yeah, it was, it was mechanical engineering, and uh, I would say for anyone that's wanting to get into the industry, uh, it's just purely networking. Right, um, yep. right. Yeah, like I, I, I was just hustling resumes, and and, uh, and it eventually pays off if, if you keep getting after it. Yeah, that's something we've seen just doing the podcast. Is you know you, you make connections, and then if people like you and your face is out there, then they suggest you to other people. Uh, it really is a tight knit community. I mean, and you, you got to work, I mean, with really one of the premier teams. I mean, geez, KTM has won so many championships in the last few years. In every aspect. Yeah, in every aspect. What year did you start working for the Supercross team? So I started with them in, it was early 2010, uh, and just finished up with them last December. So it was, it was almost 10 years with those guys. Um, and, yeah, they – they they have been killing it and they, they still are uh, they have a really good program um, and I was really lucky to work with with this team um, in my opinion there's not many teams that are getting close to their level uh, as far as infrastructure and and how they go about their routine testing and problem solving um, so it, it was it was really a great experience. What's the most difficult part? I mean, like every rider wants something a little different. They can't always probably communicate exactly what the bike's doing. I mean, there's all this terminology, you know, that people that riders use. But how do you translate that for each rider into actually helping them and, and making improvement? You know that that is the the most difficult thing about it. Um, and I would say there's two parts to that. One is you really have to train your eyes uh, to, to see things and to, and to watch the bike. Um, but then you have the times where you're going purely off, off rider feedback, and this is where it's important to really develop a relationship with the rider, and you basically kind of make up your own language, so to speak, between you and, and that individual and, and try to translate what exactly they're feeling. Because there, there are times where you can't see what's going on with the bike and you're going yeah. off off a rider field so you really need to to kind of you know get get connected with the rider and and try to see it from his perspective yeah like i again i'm not very good at pr- really paying attention to what the bike's doing you know i'm just a slow amateur i go out and i just ride but like sometimes I'm afterwards i'm thinking well the bike felt a little stiff but is it really stiff or is it too soft and it's bottoming out and like, like for me, like I said, I really don't understand the way suspension works when it comes to compression rebound. I have a little cheat sheet that I got from listening to Chris Kiefer talk about it. Um, but I, I, man, when it, with the suspension stuff just blows me away. What guys like you can do and understand and, and make minor adjustments that make so much difference. 
it's really impressive. And then working with guys like Brian Dungey and Marvin and, I mean, some of the elite riders, that's – you got to be a really smart dude, man. Like I said in the beginning, that's it's just super impressive. I, I don't, I can't imagine how hectic that is. Well, you, I would say you brought up a good point there. You, you know, you say, "Hey, my my forks are way too stiff." You know, they feel way too stiff, and that's where the two points I had brought up. You need to kind of merge these ideas and say, "Okay, well, is it too stiff because you're riding too deep, or is it too stiff because it's too stiff?" You know, and more times than not what the rider's feeling is, is a reaction to, to the problem. Right. So it's normally 180 from, from solving it, you know? So if you go solely off, off you saying that the fork's too stiff or something like this, then it could link, lead you down the wrong path. So that's where it comes. You kind of have to, to play it from a couple different angles to, to really figure out what's going on. Yeah, so you're working with these riders and this top stuff, and then with KTM, who is dealing with WP, how hard is it for a manufacturer? Like, I mean, WP is not on the other Japanese bikes and that kind of stuff, but, I mean, like it, like the stuff that you're doing and y'all are changing, are y'all seeing, like, WP implement that into production bikes and that kind of stuff quickly? Or, I mean, that's always really interesting to me. Well, the, I would say that the one important thing to bring up about, about WP and KTM is, they're working very closely together, and their their turnaround times for for solving issues is surprisingly quick. Um, if if our one of our dudes, you know, Dunge or somebody is is saying, "Hey, we've we found we found something that that really helped," we're sending reports and we're calling and we're talking to Austria, and it's it's really quick communication in that sense. And then they are able to to fire up the machines or, or whatever they need to do and and they were able to make stuff happen really quick which which really helped us you know um i mean there there was a lot of times where roger's having to go into the machine shop and and make things happen that day you know prototypes got stuff but they were able to, to back it up quite quickly well, and and talking about like that kind of stuff you were in with KTM as they were on their rise. Yeah. They really were like coming on strong and making a strong foothold. During that time, did y'all do any testing with Kayaba or Showa stuff on the bikes and that kind of, you know, just to see, you know, what they're doing better or what you could steal ideas for you, that kind of stuff? No, actually we didn't. Um, and that kind of supports what I said about WP's reaction times. Um, if, if we felt that there was going to be a, a better performing uh, system or item, uh, they they would say, okay, we'll, we'll try this, you know. So they, they never had us in, you know, backed up against the corner and in a situation where we were desperate enough to try something like this. Oh, that's mm. cool. Yeah. Uh, what, what kind of difference or um, reaction does a, does a steel frame versus a luma frame have on suspension? I mean, is there a major difference? It, it's major, and it, it's hard to say it's better or worse. Right. Um, but from from my findings with basically the recoil of it, uh, I'm a fan of the steel. Um, I, I think they've, they've made a smart choice by sticking with the steel. Um, but, again, it's, it's, it's hard to to say exactly, uh, okay, this one's better here, this one's better there, in right. my opinion. But 
I, I think they're doing a, a wise thing with sticking with the steel, just for the fact that the reaction of the material is not snapping back on the riders so much. Um, so, yeah, like, like I say, it, it is hard to say, put on paper exactly, you know, to say, oh, okay, this track, you should, you know, or we'll favor this or that. But uh, right. I think they'll probably stick with this for a little while, and I think that's a smart choice. Okay. And I, I'm going to sound really ignorant here because, again, I do, I'm not very knowledgeable in the suspension, but I know, like... I, I love hearing him talk about <laughs> mechanical stuff. It's amazing. I know with, um, <laughs> like, Factory Husky, you know, Dino, I think there, there were there's different outer diameter of the forks, right? So I think the Factory team was running, like, is it 52? 52 would be the, the OD, yeah, the inner tube, yeah. Okay, and then but when he was riding Privateer, he had a smaller, a 48 fork thank you tj um tell me explain like what the difference is in the two diameters what why they perform differently uh you know why one would be better than the other yeah so the the biggest uh i would say character coming from a strength standpoint would be an od uh an outer diameter of, of an object so as you're increasing this od you're you're increasing the strength of the tube um so with these 52s, you know, it, it's it's a different animal than the 48, um, but probably not as much as, as most people would expect. Okay. Uh, if you guys remember, we actually, with Kenny at one point, even had 48s on, on his bike. Um, and this is simply just, it, it's a tuning item. I mean, they WP is making both sizes, and uh, it's a rider preference more than anything. Uh, it's kind of comparable if you want to put it simply to like a an axle size change if you have a big axle or a small axle how the, the change in flex is this it's the same with with the outer inner tube sizes okay yeah from my understanding when you're running like through a 48 like the feeling you get going into chop into a braking bumper at a hole it has a little more give than it doesn't translate into the bars as much as like the, the 52 would right that that's a common comment yeah yeah you're you're correct with this um and that's kind of where kenny was coming from is he was looking for a little bit more compliance to the ground a little bit more comfort in the hand and uh he tried it and, and he liked it so, so you, you think that has to do with like the way that the bikes are set up in europe compared to here where it seems like from what i've read and seen that the european bikes are more compliant bikes they're more for lack of a better Completely. soft where over yeah. here, I mean, even me, um, I'm pretty decent at setting up suspension for myself and, and stuff like that. And, and we went riding trails. I want to say it was about a month ago for the, I've never really ridden up in the mountains and there was all these rocks and my suspension was way too stiff. Um, but because we ride sand tracks down here, you know, so, and do you think that's what it was, was just because he, what he grew up riding, that's what he wanted. Yeah, you know, it, it's a completely different riding style. Um, if, if you bring someone from, from Europe even today to, to ride an American kind of bike, it's, it's not going to be what they're looking for, and vice versa. If, if we send an American bike over there, they're, they're not going to be into it. And a part of that is is the, the fact that they're riding really rough and, and typically sandy tracks. Um, but I would say a bigger attribute would be their, their style. Um the American dudes, you can go to any amateur race today and, and pick a few fast amateur guys, and they are hard on the gas, hard.
hard on the brakes, hard on the right ladder. They're they're very aggressive, and this translates directly into needing a bike that can support that kind of stuff. So if you take a Euro guy and have him and his braking points are so different and he's he's opening his turns and he's so much lighter on the bike. And I, I personally think that that's more of the reason that the the bikes are so different. Yeah. Hey, um, so I got another probably unintelligent uh, technical question. But so shims. You should have never given him your number because in the <laughs> middle of the night he's going to be like. Uh, I'm just. I, I'm interested in this, but I really don't comprehend it. So shims in a fork are have something to do with the restricting or the the, the fluid flow. Is that right? That's correct. Okay, yeah. so how do you decide? And like the the first person to ever figure this out where a certain size shim goes and how do you figure out like what that actually does because i've watched people put shims in and it almost to me it's like uh, it, it looks just like guesswork to me yeah you know to to really put it uh i guess it it is almost guesswork okay. i'll just say it that way Fair. it is almost guesswork at first that and that's and that's why suspension takes so much effort and it, and it costs so much money to get done is because there's so much testing and development involved with it. Yeah. Because even if I have a dyno in front of me and I say, Hey, what's that? Sorry. He was asking me a question. Oh. Sorry. Continue. We so, apologize. Oh, sorry. No. So even, even if I have a dyno in front of me and I say, okay, I need to build a firm report. Well, what's the best way to do that? You know, it, it's going to take time on the dyno. And then say you come up with three good settings spending all day on the dyno, you still have to go track test it. So to, to you know, you can find basically patterns and, and, and directions, but at the end of the day, it technically all, it really is guesswork until you yeah. get a solid foundation of, of information. You know, you can have all the data acquisition and dynos and testing the world, but it's, it technically is always guesswork in the beginning. Okay. So we have a listener question. Rick Trunzo says he has the WP cone valve forks on his 18 FC 450. And okay. he said he loves it. He can't complain on his setup, but he said he gets some spike on flat landing jumps and was curious if you had any suggestions. Uh, I would have to follow that up with another question if it's a standard cone fork or if he's had anything done to it. Right. Okay. Well, we'll see if he answers back here in a second. Um, so before, while we're waiting to see if he responds, tell us a little bit about, you know, you said you, you finished with uh, Red Bull KTM at the, in December, and now you you're, you own research engineering, engineering performance. Um, what was the decision, or, or was this something that you were doing beforehand? Like, why the transition? It, it honestly was a, a rather quick decision. Um and the team was amazing, so I hope no one is thinking that I'm, I'm leaving, you know, or left because something I didn't like with the team, that's not it at all. Right. Um, I basically, as a, I was a suspension guy, we're really wanting to learn, and uh, I was working with the WP stuff every day for, for years, and uh, I just felt like there was time to expand my knowledge a little bit with with some different chassis and, and different setups, um, which has actually been a lot of fun, man. It's it's really been nice to to catch up with all this stuff because I was out of the Japanese market for so long, 
now that I'm back in it, I'm like, wow, they're doing this and they're doing that. And it's made me a better WP technician even. Okay. If that makes any sense, it's uh, it's been a huge learning curve, and that's what I was after, and that's and that's what's happened. So I'm I'm really happy with it. Well, that's awesome. So yeah, if anybody's interested, um, Mark Johnson, his uh, his business Instagram is at Research Engineering Performance. So check that out. Um, and Rick answered his his cone voucher standard. Okay. Well, you know that I do have to say uh, the standard for is it's. Standard cone fork is valid very light. Um, if you were looking externally to, to help this, I would suggest maybe pushing the fork out, decreasing your fork height, uh, stiffening compression, um, or even adding, adding some oil. Um, but if you're doing any type of motocross or anything like this and you're at decent speed, I would I would suggest a, a revolve with this, um, just just because it's, it is likely soft ram. Right. That's yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I just I'm blown away by people that understand all that, man. It, it's like I don't know how, how familiar you are with uh, Kiefer, but the guy when he talks, it just I just like I, I had to take all these notes down when he did a he did a whole suspension <laughs> podcast, and I just made notes so that and I go back and I look, and it actually does work. Like some of the stuff he suggested, you know, I was having these issues, and I went and made the adjustments that he said made. You know, a couple little clicks here and there, and it works and it just it, it dumbfounds me i guess i don't know but it's really impressive um you know any of the technical guys the motor guys the suspension guys i'm blown away by um rick says uh, that's what i thought as well thank you best forks out there in my opinion so i appreciate you helping. they are a great fork yeah i appreciate yeah. you helping one of our listeners um all right yeah man um it was really great talking to you and i'd like to probably try to get you back on sometime maybe we can talk about Maybe you have some stories about going out and testing with some of these riders, and you don't have to give names. We could just tell the stories oh, and yeah, reactions. Yeah. Doesn't work for KTM now. We want names. Okay. We want like <laughs> information. <laughs> there, there's plenty of stories and information. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Well, Mark, we'll definitely get you back on, and we'll we'll maybe tell a couple stories about some test days because I'm sure they're long and grueling, but I bet there's some uh, entertainment that comes from some of it too. Yes, there is. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's great. Awesome. Well, Mark, thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us tonight, and it was really cool, and I feel like I learned a little something. Hopefully, I can retain it. <laughs> yeah, well, let, let me know if you have any questions. All right, Mark. Uh, I got one of our listeners, Tony from New Zealand, says uh, he's going to email you regarding flat track setup. Uh, what Do you have an email that you would mi- don't mind giving out to our listeners? Yeah, not a problem. It's uh, mark.johnson at repsuspension.com. I'm going to write that down. Mark. Mark.johnson at repsuspension.com. Rep suspension. Awesome. Got it, man. Hey, thank you so much. We'll put that out to our listeners. And Tony's a good dude. Also, the guy that, he, that sent that in, he, he's uh, he's got a couple KTMs, I believe, over there in New Zealand. Does a lot of He does a lot of riding. And, um, yeah, he'll, I'm sure he'll get with you, and maybe you can uh, do some business. All right. Well, no, thanks a lot for having me on the show. I, I really appreciate it. Absolutely, Mark. You have a good night, buddy. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Bye. So I'm assuming you understand all that to a degree. You're more technically minded than I am when it comes to that stuff. I I really do struggle. Like when I see how shims are put in there, I'm like, I don't understand how that restricts or whatever. I can show you real real easy one day. We'll sit down. I'll draw it out. And afterwards, you'll be like, oh. But like, 
I'm trying to picture like you have a shim stack and maybe one's bigger here, and if you move it here, how does that? Okay. So the shims. I, I know I'm doing this with on, my hands, so the people on yes, the archives the can't shim, see what I'm doing. Okay, but you have a flat piston. Yeah. That has ports in it. Yes. Yes, the I know. Shims are on top of the ports. Right. And the reason why you have a stack is because to, it's like a spring. It's okay. Like a flat spring. So as this one flexes up, it then hits the next one, then hits the next one, and the next one. So that's creating resistance. Are the shims? Maybe I misunderstand how the shims work. Are they wider than others, or are they just thicker? Yes, they're wider so and the, thicker, so, and you get you get thicker shims or wider shims. So it's both. So that's yes. even more. It's, it's, oh, it's no. even more. Hold on. Just because I know how it works doesn't mean I know how to like actually make it. I could take like a gold valve kit, or I could yeah. take like a like a shim kit, and someone says, "Hey, build do this to it." I could do that, right? But like talking with Craig Decker, who does our suspension stuff, yeah, with Enzo, yeah, and he like says, "Oh yeah, well we're gonna change this and this," and I'm like, "I don't know how you know that, <laughs> but I know how it works. I just yeah. don't know how, yeah." It's it's impressive. It's just the way people's minds work, and that like that kind of stuff is way outside of my knowledge. And even like if you explain it to me, I'd probably forget. I just don't retain stuff like that. Yeah. I'm just not built that way, but anyway, it's pretty cool. Um, um, okay, so Kiefer just responded. He has no idea why Nona didn't try to qualify, so apologize, but we don't have an answer right now. Um, okay, so are we going to take another – we'll take another commercial break. Commercial break. And then we'll be YouTube back giveaway. with Chase Sexton. You want you want to – got to do that. Uh, we'll do it on YouTube. So these. Yeah, we'll do the, the handlebar giveaway here in just a moment, so we're going to – shut off for the archives for the archive listeners but we're going to keep going with the youtube listeners all right be back since 1998 fly racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible with research and development they have become a leader in safety and comfort fly racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross including weston pike blake baggett zach osborne andrew short damon bradshaw and adam and tyler Antonap. seven two trey i wear fly wear fly too 2019 fly racing line includes the popular light hydrogen the new evolution dst line the all-new women's light line a redesigned f2 helmet the fr5 boot and zone and zone pro goggles fly racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info if you're looking for top quality hard parts you need to visit torque one racing torque one racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy Lock-On Grips today. Blood Lubricant Signature Products, Blood Power Sport Series, Blood Racing Pro Series, and Blood Racing Pro Elite Series we're all created to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. From dirt track to off-road, motocross, supercross, and drag racing, bloodlubricants.com has what you need. Along with their oil lines, Blood Lubricants provides chain loop, degreaser, polyclean, and other top-notch products. Independent tests have shown Blood Lubricant oils to allow your bikes to run up to 30 degrees cooler. Give Jeff Green and Blood Lubricants a try and you won't be disappointed. Blood Lubricant sponsors of Tyler Powers, Team PRMX, Team TXS, and many other pro supercross and motocross riders. Visit bloodlubricants.com today. All right, on the phone with us, brought to you by Blood Lubricants. Blood Lubricant oil lines recreated to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. 
Whether you ride moto, race dirt track, or anything else, visit bloodlubricants.com for your oil needs today. On the line with us, 2019 250E Supercross champion, Chase Sexton. What's up, dude? How's it going, guys? It's going really good. So first thing, um, it's been, what, three weeks, four weeks since uh, Vegas? Has yep. it has it settled in where you're like, yeah, that's, you know, I mean, how do you feel about it this far out? Your terrible Supercross season. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, honestly, it still doesn't really—it doesn't feel real. I mean, I haven't really been able to focus on it too much. Um, yeah. From being back in outdoors and trying to go after this championship, so uh, no, I haven't been able to focus on it. But um, we'll be able to get back. We'll be after the season. Hopefully, uh, it'll sink in a little more. But uh, no, it was, it was an awesome season, and to be able to celebrate with the team is it's awesome. And uh, yeah, it was it's was cool for sure. Yeah, you know, you had a few little run-ins here and there with Austin, who, uh, you know, we we talked about. He won pretty much every race, I think, up until he got hurt, just about. Yeah. Um, what was your mindset, you know, going into towards the end of the season? Were you like, okay, this is really getting away from me? Or, you know, did you have any thoughts about he's going to crash at some time? Like, what were you going through during the week, training and preparing, like, thought-wise at that point before he got hurt? Um. Before I got, I was just kind of, I was still, like, just working. I'm, so, like, the beginning of the season, I feel like we were kind of off on setting-wise with the bike, and I was kind of struggling with that. Um, still felt like my speed was good. I mean, I caught him in Dallas and stuff like that. Yep. So I really felt like it wasn't, like, there was, it was small, like, he was getting on me. So I was still just focused on trying to win races, and I know it was getting it was getting a little far out there for me to win. Um, but he also was crashing pretty much every practice. So, <laughs> right, right. um I mean, you can only push that edge so many times or go over that edge and not um, get hurt so many times. So it's kind of, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know how to say it. it was, I felt like it was, um, like he was getting lucky not, I mean, for the crashes that he had, not getting hurt. But uh, at that same point, I was just focused on myself and trying to beat him. And uh, uh, it was unfortunate he got hurt at um, Nashville. But, um, I mean, you got you to gotta make it through all nine ranks. So, yeah, uh, definitely. And, yeah, it seems like he hasn't, I mean, I've, I've completed, or he hasn't really completed a full season yet. So, um, I feel like I was still, uh, I saw I was getting better every weekend. And I feel like my progress, even in the last two races, um, when he wasn't there, I feel like I was riding at the best I'd ridden all season. Um, with my, just everything, my bike was good. And then, um, uh, New York, uh, I felt super good. Um, ended up getting the win there. Yep. He was uh, in front of me, but honestly, I was just buying my time because I knew he, how he was riding. I knew it wasn't going to be able to be sustained. And uh, I was kind of, every time I got around him, he was kind of all over the place. So I was kind of just buying my time. And then he ended up um, uh, hurting his knee. And then, yeah, from there on, I just rode her in. Or in rode, I feel like I rode really well that race and um, got the win there. And then from there on, I felt super confident. And, was uh, ready to take that thing home. Yeah, that's really cool. You brought up something that um, I haven't heard anybody else basically bring up was how he kept crashing during practice, and there's other guys that we've seen in the past that'll do that, just ride that ragged edge during practice and all that kind of stuff. Did Was that talked about in y'all's camp? Were y'all like, was, I mean, you, you get what I'm trying to get at? Like, we ought to talk about that. Was it one of those things you're just like, yeah, whatever, dude, do what you're going to do? How, how did, how did, how does that go? Because I've seen that happen a couple of times throughout the years. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, we all, we're all saying, like, it can only happen so many times before it bites them. Um, but uh, at the same time, we weren't really worried about it. We were kind of just doing our own thing. And in practice, honestly, I was, I feel like I, I out-qualified him uh, most of the time. So I was, uh, I don't know, if, I think, I think he was, I mean, obviously we were pushing the edge, um, in practice. And, um, it's definitely, uh, like you have to, to get a good lap time and try and get, um, uh, top qualifying position is, it's hard. So, um, we we're pushing the edge, but I feel like I was still on that where I was comfortable that running that pace. And that's where I felt like I was still like, I just needed to put it together in a race and, uh, myself in the right position uh i feel like we finally started doing that at the end of the season unfortunately he wasn't there but um i'm not really focused I wasn't trying to focus on him i'm yeah. kind of uh just trying to do my own thing and uh yeah I feel like i got better and uh and obviously like i said we were getting better and better as the season go on i feel like we're just gonna keep carrying that over to the next season and just keep getting better so uh but no it was uh it was awesome to get that championship being my only only my second year as a pro so uh, it happened maybe a little sooner than I thought, but um, I knew um, coming into this year I had a good chance at winning, and uh, yeah, it was awesome. Well, you've had like I guess what you started off almost winning, getting on podiums almost like on fifties back in the days of the Loretta's, right? I mean, this, <laughs> yeah. this winning yeah. isn't new to Chase Sexton. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's just it's new. At, it's new at the pro level. I mean, I've yeah. come so close so many times that to finally win one was awesome and then win the championship was even better so um it, it kind of happened faster than i thought but it was uh it was good i um yeah the, uh i came so close to winning so many times i was like oh when is it gonna happen and then finally to get it done was awesome too and talk about your mechanic jay dungy um we had jade on a couple weeks ago really cool guy how does he you know help you during the week or during on a saturday night you know motivation wise like there's different relationships between riders and mechanics. What's what's your relationship with Jade like? How does he help you the most? Um, it's I well, first of all, like he's been a big help for me this year. Um, coming from obviously he was at KTM and uh, has a lot of experience, which I feel like he has helped me with. Um, just the way of the races and stuff like that, and the tracks, and he's uh. He's been awesome. Our personalities mesh really well, and it's uh, it's cool to have him. We get along, like I said, really good. And he's helped me with my bike and testing and all that. And I, I couldn't ask for a better guy to have in my corner. Um, I feel like we really get along good, and yeah, I want to keep that relationship going. And it's been uh, it's been awesome to say the least. Awesome. Hey, so whoever came up with the the design for your championship shirts was a genius. Uh, yeah. I don't like. I asked Jade about it, and he didn't even realize they were like, you know, mimicking basically the the Michael Jordan jerseys. But I was super, super jealous. I didn't couldn't get my hands on one. Those were awesome. Yeah, they. Uh, I actually so being the uh, last year, I got a career number and um, yep. twenty three was available, and I picked it basically off of um, Michael Jordan. Um, That's cool. It's growing up in Chicago or no close to Chicago, he was obviously the I mean, he's a star all over the world, but um, him being in Chicago and then me living close to there was cool. And, uh, yeah, he's probably the best athlete to, to step foot on this earth. So it's yep. uh, it's cool to have, like, that number. And obviously LeBron uh, for the modern day. Yeah, LeBron um, Schmann. So, yeah, I mean, he's not he's not as good as Michael, but he's, Thank you. he's a very good basketball player. But, um, no, I mean, 
I picked it because of Michael. So yeah, um, that, it was awesome. So it was, and that's kind of where the whole theme for the shirts came from. And actually, uh, I have a I got a Michael Jordan um, replica jersey um, after the race. Oh, cool! And I didn't realize how expensive those things were. They're like three hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my uh, my son who is 21, we argue all the time who is better. You know, the younger. I'm surprised to hear you say Jordan's better than LeBron because most of the, your generation would say LeBron's better. Um, but like my son for Father's Day, I think last year got me a Michael Jordan jersey. You know, for Christmas or for, for Father's Day or something, and it's hanging in my shop. But yeah, that's Jordan was the man. So I was very impressed with those shirts. Um, one other thing that I thought was really cool was in the press conference. Um, everybody's talking about, you know, the, the after parties and you're like, man, I'm just going to get ice cream. And all I want to do is go with you because I'm an ice cream fanatic and I didn't care about going to the other parties. I was like, man, where are you going to get ice cream? Yeah, I actually, uh, so after like me and Kenny have this thing after we did get on like a weekend or a night, we always go, I'd always go over to the motorhome and we eat ice cream in his, in his, uh, in his his motorhome. So, um, and then, obviously, winning the championship, I had to, I mean, I can't, I'm not old enough to really go out or anything like that, and I don't right. really desire to, so yeah. um, that was kind of all I could do. And just, just to have, just to celebrate with the team, I think was the biggest, like, I think that was the coolest part um, for me, just being here for the last four years, the last two years of my amateur career, the, last, the first two of my pro career, is, and to be able to see all the hard work they put in and celebrate with them was awesome and then we kind of had a little uh, party at the hotel and it was uh it was cool to see how happy they were and how much they appreciate it so yeah. um that was probably the coolest thing for me very cool so you talk about celebrating because of this major win and so a little bit of a, a little bit of relief you know that you got out there and did that I, i'm curious how much pressure coming from the amateur ranks being one of the touted amateurs because we've seen these guys who go through Loretta's and go through all the stuff, just dominate, and then if they don't come into the pros and dominate within the first two years, then they just kind of get pushed aside for the next kid coming up. Does Can you speak now that you're kind of past that, what kind of pressure that put on you on like a daily basis or, or how that affected you riding? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, even when I was an amateur, like every race I go to, um, like I never – I never try to look at myself like I like mean it because as soon as you do that, you're kind of um, it starts going downhill. So when I turn pro, like um, I just kept trying to improve, and um, even now, like I'm still not like where I'm like I'm not satisfied really at all. Like I, I mean, obviously I won a championship, and that it's awesome, but um, I still want to like keep. I have goals set out, and like um, I want to win obviously more. So yeah. um, it's not like I. I mean the weight the weight's kind of off a little bit, but on at the same time it's kind of uh, put back on because um, now you've won, you got to go do it again. So um, it's kind of a it's kind of a cast twenty two a little bit. Well, let's move on from um, Supercross. We got nationals going on now. You've got a fifth overall and a fourth overall. Um, had a hell of a battle with your teammate RJ in the uh, first moto this weekend. Second moto hit the gate. Let's talk about that just to start this thing off. Um, so the gate flinched, right? That's what you feel like it happened. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. It uh, it flinched. It, people were telling me I was crazy, but there's actually video proof, and the kind of like the AMA kind of told us we were all crazy. But I'm like, I want, I, I don't go. 
for no reason. I mean, I, I okay, I have gotten the gate before. That was my first year. I hit the gate, but this time I'm like it 100% flinched, and I'm not the only one that went. Like it was right. All four of us in the inside, and then outside guys did it too. So it's like you can't you can't say we're all wrong. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I hit the gate, and then. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like I rode really well last weekend. I think I rode better than my results showed. Um, second moto, I came from pretty much last to pa- trying to pass for third yeah. and fell over and then um, end up fifth. Uh, but I feel like my riding was really well or really good and um, getting better. I feel like this year, I'm, and I'm way stronger than what I was last year, which is always good. Um, but I want to be on the podium and win racing, so I'm not uh, satisfied at all with my first two first two races but you know it's a long summer and i feel like i'm gonna exceed or excel when i get back to uh my east coast dirt and some ruts uh especially this weekend being rutted so uh i'm looking forward to that and just keep making the bike better and get more comfortable hey chase you're getting too good at these interviews you're you're answering the questions before we can answer you know ask them because i was going to ask how it was do you just go through the California rounds like just got to get through these because you're you're not a california kid how does that work uh, no, I mean, I don't try to get through them for sure. Like I said, I mean, I take every race as like a new opportunity to try and go win. And, um, I kind of like, no, I take all these races like the same, uh, not just because we're on the West coast. I don't really like slack off or anything like that. I, I do like the tracks. I really enjoyed actually Paula and I felt good on the track to put myself in the greatest positions. But, um, no, I mean, I take every race as it comes and try and give the same effort everywhere. So, um, I may ride better or maybe just be a little more comfortable back east, but it's not going to change my mindset really at all. Right. Now, I know you, you've, pro- you've practiced probably a bunch at Paula. Um, Paula's back on the, obviously on the national circuit this year. What did you think about the track on race day, the prep? Um, didn't seem like they disked as deep just from watching it on TV. I could be wrong, but it, it seemed like it made for really good racing, but I don't think all the riders – really love the track kind of the, the consensus seems to be wasn't great um for me i think the track was good racy okay. i mean it was maybe a little one line but i don't think that was really, really how they prepped it i think it was more of how the track was laid out a lot it was super fast for one and it was also kind of it never all that followed into the same line but i think it would have been more one line if the track had been deeper i think how they put the track was good um, I kind of like that the more hard packed surface. It just it allows you to kind of um, search for different lines and um, kind of explore um, around the track. Because when you get it so deep, you kind of are stuck in one one line around right. the whole track. So I was actually I, I like I said I had fun racing there and um, uh, I felt good on the bike. So that probably helped a little bit. But um, no, I I enjoyed it and I think it'd be uh, I. I think they should start killing them maybe a little less deep at all the, at all the nationals. Okay, yeah, that, I think that seems to be um, the consensus. Like, I think that's one of the things that Mathis was saying is maybe don't rip it so deep, and it kind of gives you an opportunity where you because it's not like a slot car track where you can actually change lines and go more places. Yeah, I'd like yeah. To, I'd like to see them try that too. Um, would you have rather raced at Glen Helen? No. I would way rather race at pole. <laughs> okay, awesome. Yeah, I, I've rode Glen Helen once, and the, that hill scared the sh- crap out of me. I've been to yeah, been to, been to Paula, and that track was that dirt was terrible. Well, so because I mean, we're from Texas and we have good dirt, exactly. But for exactly. California, yeah, you guys, you guys got good dirt. Yeah, 
Um, you were you were about to say something I, when I said something about the hill scaring me. Yeah, the I mean those hills are pretty gnarly. It's not really that. It's just that I don't know. I just feel like this the uh, the facility of Paula just looks so like it's cool. It's green and it's I don't. I mean I don't want to say anything bad about Glen Helen, but sure. I just feel like the Paula track is more. I don't know more like a has a better setting. I'd say. Yes. Um, and the track is it's good and it's also kind of. Um, I don't know. I just feel like it, the dirt's better, and it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, okay. I think that's probably the, one of the best, they have the best dirt in California, in my opinion. I think Milestone has good dirt. Obviously, you're not going to hold a national there, but um, all around, I feel like Paul has, or Fox Raceway has the best dirt out of anybody. Okay. Um, you mean on the West Coast? No, Cahill. Yeah, on the West Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, my fiance was watching the race with me and she said the same thing. She's like, why don't we go to that race? Cause we, we're only going to a few races this year. So it looks so nice there. So she thought the scenery, yeah. it would look good too. She, you know, um, so she wants to go there next year. Um, did yeah, you- no, it's cool. It's cool looking. No, yeah. I was just going to say out of all the, we got to go there at the first of the year. And the only track that I, I from Texas thought the dirt was good was Cahia. So that was just me. Yeah. I was actually, I was actually going to say that, um, That'd be a cool the track Kahia, to have I went there. I went to Kahia yesterday, and that place even looks, I would say, as good or better than Paul. Like the setting and everything, like the just the facility is super nice there, and the dirt's good also. Um, yeah, I, I rode yesterday. I'm from Memorial Day, and it was past, but the um, <laughs> the dirt was super good yesterday for it raining. I would so say with the I had fun there with the uphills and downhills. I think that would make a better national than Paula, but that's just me personally. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh it's a good track. I feel like the parking might be a little uh <laughs> difficult, but yeah. um the track wise it's cool. Hey, so I got a couple more questions for you and um in qualifying, when you get done qualifying and you see that Justin Cooper is two seconds faster than everybody else, do you kinda go like how is that possible? Where did he cut the track, or do you even care? Uh I mean, I, I don't know. I he missed. Seg- There's a segment that he missed on his fast lap, so we were all kind of wondering if it was real or not. Um, oh. Obviously, obviously he's. I mean, outdoors, that guy is no joke. Uh, he's super, uh, super fast, and it, it doesn't surprise me um, really when he's uh, qualifying outdoors. He's he's good. Um, he's and obviously he's good in the motos too. He went. He's won the first two motos, or first. Two of the first motos, so uh, no, he's he's fast, and um, I mean, I, I don't like it. That's for sure. I uh, every time I qualify, I feel like I should be fastest, um, right? And seeing him fastest kind of makes me mad. But um, <laughs> that's good. It's a racer. Uh, yeah, no, I'm pretty competitive, and I want to sure. go out there. I want to qualify fastest and win. So that's my uh, my mindset. But yeah, I try not. I don't really get too upset about it because qualifying and racing is a lot different. So yeah, um, yeah, I don't get too too frustrated on it okay last question you've got hunter lawrence your teammates hunter lawrence christian craig rj hampshire who's your favorite teammate uh i mean it's kind of it's hard to pick one of them i um i got think art i like i mean first of all i'd say our team i feel like it's really solid this year yep. um we have four good riders and um yeah i can't really pick one of them out of any of them uh it's they're all they're all super cool we get along well and we're able to talk and exchange like line choices and stuff like that so i think that benefits us and um but yeah i think our team's solid and yeah i can't pick just one of them though (laughs) okay fair enough 
Well, Chase, man, I know you're busy, and uh, it's you know it's always busy with you guys. You're getting very little downtime, so I appreciate you coming on and talking to us. Um, glad it, it worked out this week, and uh, man, I hope to see you keep improving. You know, you you had a fifth and a fourth, so I guess third is yeah. next, man. Let's get on the podium. Uh, hopefully, straight to first. That'd be the, that'd All right. be the plan. But uh, yeah, no, uh, keep improving is the main goal, and yeah, I'm uh, pumped for this weekend. All right, Chase. Thanks, man. Good luck this weekend, and um, it looks like we'll probably see you at WW Ranch. I think that's the one we'll be making next. So, see you there, okay. man. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. Be, have a good night. Thank you. All right. Thank All you. Right. See, see you guys. Bye. Geico Honda's Chase Sexton. Good interview, dude. Like I know this may not come come out right, but it doesn't sound like he just won a championship. Like he, it's like, like. Like it was like, oh, it's old hat. I, I did that. That's what I was supposed to do, and now I'm moving on outdoors. Do you like, think he might be a little cockier, or I don't know. I, I just a little like, maybe I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting. Yeah, I just expected like, yes, I can't believe I did it. It was so awesome, and he was just like, yeah, I was supposed to do that, and now we're right. moving on to do what I got to do next. So that was yeah, cool. cool. Okay, so again, uh, another next break, and we'll be back with uh, Texas Privateer Zane Merritt. Our next guest of the night is brought to you by Kyle Tucker. Kyle Tucker is a realtor with Keller Williams Key Partners. And whether you're looking to buy or sell your home, Kyle and his team will guide you through the process from start to finish. Kyle, Kyle is a moto guy and listener of the MX, I think I got it abbreviated, the Moto Xbox show. <laughs> and we encourage you to support those that support us. So give him a call at 913-744-4790 or email him at kyletucker at kw.com. Like I said, on the line with us, Texas Privateer, number 291, Zane Merritt. What's up, Zane? Hey, what's up, guys? Not much, man. Just uh, sitting here, just got off the phone with Chase Sexton. Now we're talking to you. Want to know a little bit about your first couple rounds and what you think of it so far. Yeah, so um, me and my mechanic, Dalton, uh, we loaded up in the motorhome and we just kind of drove out to the West Coast. Um, we got to Hangtown the day before the day before of the national, and um, we just pretty much caught back up on some sleep. And then we knew that um, a lot of rain was coming down to Hangtown, and um, so my mechanic made the decision to let's just race our practice bike. Um, that way, we wouldn't destroy the race bike bearings or race bike motor or just anything because TJ Cycles hooked us up with an awesome deal out there and so um we decided just to race the practice bike and so uh it was a really good decision um i supported 100 percent, and we went out there and practiced qualified 20th and practiced and then uh had some good vibes going into the racing first moto um got a really bad start actually i got a bad start in both motos and i struggled <laughs> in both motos on the start um it just was a completely different kind of racing mindset and everything so Hangtown went good first moto for especially for me my first professional race ever twenty uh, fourth and then twenty third heck yeah uh, for twenty fifth overall so yeah and you you uh you got us fantasy uh, players some good points man so thank you for that yeah I I definitely uh, I got a lot of texting and stuff saying that I helped out a lot of people so that was yeah. pretty cool but it was it was really cool because you were kind of like a lot of people kind of you were kind of under the radar for. I know you probably don't care about fantasy, but for us here, we're like, we know Zane. We know he's going to push all the way to the end and not quit. So 
and that's important in fantasy stuff. And then this week too, you did you you had another great result. Um, but speaking of that, how does it like like when you came in? Now that you got a first few out of the way, what was your? I guess you'd say coming in like where you like yep i want to i got to score points right at the beginning got to get this like, expectations uh, expectations that's the word i'm looking for <laughs> so funny that you asked that a lot of people a lot of people were texting me and a lot of people were asking me what where i saw myself being at what were my expectations what were my goals and um i'm hoping that a lot of people were able to watch the the first first vlog that i released uh on the documentary we're doing a youtube documentary I I personally had a couple goals and I have actually already succeeded most of my goals. My my first goal was pretty much, you know, top 30, my first ever race. And then my second goal was to um top 20 at time qualifying and then I just had a few of these small goals, but now that I've already completed all my goals from this point on from it was pretty much going to be from Thunder Valley on, my goal is to consistently push every single moto no matter if it's white flag to the checkered from green every single lap push and make my lap time is better and better and stay consistent and um i've always had a hard time being really smooth uh definitely one thing i've always worked on especially here recently uh more towards the moto goes the more mistakes i tend to make and so in paula i or actually thunder or not thunder um Hangtown, I crashed both motos. First moto, I crashed pretty hard. Second moto, going down the hill, it wasn't my fault, but uh, I got a rock in my front brake caliber, and it just threw me to the ground. So both motos, I crashed really hard, and even with those crashes, I still charged the best I could. That, yeah, so, that's, yeah, that, I was, that's really impressive, man. I mean, for a, a young privateer like that, that's that's really cool. I was I was definitely stoked for you. Yeah, it was it was really cool because uh, the first or the second moto at Hangtown, I didn't even know like it obviously was muddy and everything. And a lot of people from Texas they know how um, how I stay in mud. I'm pretty pretty well in the mud. And I saw I came around. It was a little past halfway. We got the halfway mark, and I saw where I was with um, Thomas Covington and Shane Nackrath, <laughs> and I passed both of those guys. And I come around to the tip board. And it said I'm in 14th place, and I'm like, there's no way I'm in 14th right now. <laughs> and then that lap, I ended up crashing, and I moved all the way to 32nd, I believe, and then I pushed to 23rd. But, um, but yeah, just to be able to run up there with those guys, it was a huge confidence booster, and uh, it definitely helped me out a lot coming into Paula. And um, after Paula, like, I still I ran with a bunch of top guys, and I set some good lap times throughout the whole moto, so... It's just uh, we're just finding that extra extra speed and that extra level right now. And uh, I was super sick all last week, and we're still recovering. Obviously, it's no excuse in this industry and this sport either, but um, we made the best of it this weekend. Still doing better than last weekend. Last weekend, uh, I went 24-23. This weekend, I went 23-22. So um, from this point on, it should be nothing but... 20s and better and uh, we're definitely looking for that uh for them points now yeah you got to remember now that you're a pro you got to wear your riding gloves everywhere and don't touch your face because you're traveling constantly gonna be picking <laughs> up healthy. germs all over the place um oh yeah no i definitely uh i think i got i got sick because of all that rain and then uh i've been out in texas at qmr and everything training and 
it's been you know ninety and eighty degrees while here i'm yeah. at a i'm at Tyler I'm actually at a private track right now in Colorado. We went ahead and came out to Colorado a little earlier to get used to this uh altitude we're at I believe he said we're about eight thousand feet oh, wow. up in elevation right now nice and uh, and uh the race is only going to be at six thousand, and so we're a couple we're a couple extra up, and uh, we're riding at a private track right now at Tyler Monks. It's an awesome track, and did uh, today we didn't get to do that much moto because the rain came and uh, rained us out. But um, tomorrow will be a good day, and uh, the the air really didn't bother me too much. So I'm definitely I got a lot of confidence coming in this weekend. And also put aside things, a lot of families coming. Um, Regal, Kyle Regal's coming, Taylor Knight's coming, my dad's my family's coming. Uh, I got a couple of students that train out at, at underground. They're flying up, they're coming to watch and um support and so I got a lot of people coming out to uh support and so I'm definitely looking forward to this race. Well that leaves me uh, two questions. So first off, at altitude do you notice a difference with that two fifty? The bikes, yes. The bikes <laughs> definitely get slower. Um, right now, my practice bike, it feels like, it straight up feels like a stock bike. Yeah. Um, so I definitely, I definitely can tell a difference, and everything's pretty much a gear lower. Uh, it's just a lot harder to ride. But yeah. my fitness wise, Kelly's got me in some pretty good shape. And yep. so. I feel like my fitness is there. Um, it definitely hurt me last weekend with me being so sick. Uh, I struggled a lot. I was really, really sick last week and still recovering, but I feel like I'll be good to go by this weekend. It's so, only Tuesday. So my next question is, you have a lot of people coming up to Colorado because it's a close, closer race for us, I guess you'd say. How do you separate yourself from the crowd of people coming to watch and, and support you and the extra pressure that that adds on as you go into this round? I'll be straight up with you. I have absolutely no pressure on me at all. <laughs> that's awesome. I, uh, I've been that kid that's always been um, pretty much overlooked. Uh, if there's one guy that's always there's one guy that's always told me that um, – there's always been one guy that's told me, he said that you've always, you've always deserved a ride and one ride, a ride will come to you whenever it's time for it. And, um, it was Harold Martin with Moto Playground. Mm -hmm. He's always been there to always, you know, congratulate me at the nationals whenever I've, I've always been the first privateer, amateur privateer, the yeah. first kid that's always been factory riders and stuff. So I, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to this whole season. And my goal is to stay healthy and just continue beating these uh, some of these fatty riders and um, put my name up there and put my put my number up there because there's a couple I'm not gonna say no names and stuff but there's a couple rides that I feel like I definitely will deserve by the end of this year and uh, yeah hoping one of them for sure is a Husqvarna ride. I love your confidence, man. It's really cool. And we've got a we're, we're streaming on YouTube right now. We've got a listener, Danny Rubio who says, man, he's talking about you. He, he said he was on the gas, good job, and he mentioned your long hair. So that kind of brings me to a topic. I've got long hair too, which is, you know, I think long hair is rad. But Daniel Blair was talking about you on the main event moto pod this weekend or uh, Sunday. Uh, were you hanging out with Stink Dog a little bit? So I wasn't hanging out with Stink Dog uh, at all, actually. Okay. But in the last lap of our first moto, um, I didn't get lapped. And I was in twenty second place, and I knew that. 
so there was thank God was in front of me, but there wasn't nobody that was too like there wasn't really anyone close because pretty much from twentieth to twenty first, like top twenty is just phenomenal yeah. as a rookie. Sure. And I'm pretty sure I was the first rookie that was even near the top twenty, other than uh, my bad, Ty Masterful and Derek Drake. Um, but you know they're on factory rides and right, right. They they should be getting top tens and they're doing really good as their rookie year as well. And uh, so I, I noticed the stank dog was in front of me, and so I was I wasn't tired, but we I kind of cruised that lap with them, and we threw some whips together, okay. and then like you know after the race, I like shook his hand, gave him a high five. I've always been like a Thank dog's always been like a pretty cool guy, you know, the whole 125 and the two city class and being a bunch of guys. And he's definitely a cool cat, and uh, I definitely got respect for him. I know some people might not, but I definitely do. No, we had him on the show a couple of weeks ago. He's yeah. awesome. Well, Daniel, who's real, Daniel Blair, who's real good friends with Stank, was calling you Baby Stank because of the hair. You guys look a little bit similar, he said. So you were getting a little love on the main event show, also. Nice. Nice. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I've uh, I've actually never spoke words with Stink um, <laughs> until I got that moto. I was like, you know, have fun throwing some whoopsie that last lap, and he's like, you too, homie, and stuff like that. But <laughs> other than that, you know, never really spoke words or hung out with him. Uh, just got, you know, he's, he's always like that one guy that I looked up to, you know, right. as like he was super sick doing the 125 races and all that. Like, that stuff's awesome. Absolutely. So, so- I know, we know that you're going to be heading back to the Texas area to get back down to Quicks Moto Ranch to start training down there, there at, at Underground. The um, but the program you're on, you're doing the TPJ program this year, right? Yes, sir. Oh, cool. And tell a, tell like the listeners who don't know a lot about what like what that does, and, and, and you know what I mean, like 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 what's that's like being in the pits and the TPJ. Yeah, stuff. we love Ted. Dude, Ted is by far, he's got the biggest heart for every private chair out there. Yep. Um, he's helping me out huge. Um, so we spend a little bit of money to be on the team, and then he's got a lot of sponsors on the team that helps that. Uh, if you look at it, it looks like he's like spending money out of his pocket because he helps you back out. Um, when you do really well, he helps you out. So if you get a bunch of his sponsors, um, like a Cherubis and uh, uh EBC Brakes and um, just like Fly and uh, Asterix, um, Engineized, uh, Graphic. There's just a lot of sponsors. The list goes on. These are just more like new sponsors, uh, DCS, uh, Construction, all these sponsors that I'm just trying to, you know, remember because they're all new to me. And uh, I've only been on it like, you know, for a couple weeks now. Sure, sure. no worries. Um <clears throat> so it's kind of hard to like remember them all, but there's just a lot of people behind the scenes that's just helping out the private cheers because it's hard, you know. And and so my program was uh, we we did the full season with them. Uh, we went ahead and drove the motorhome. Me and my mechanic loaded up, and we we did the first three. We're doing the first three rounds, and then whenever we have this off weekend, so we race Thunder Valley this weekend. Then we have an off weekend, and then it's to High Point. And so after that, we'll start flying out to the races. And the TBJ comes in where he starts, uh, where it would cost so much in fuel and then in travel. And then, you know, even if motorhomes or anything was to break or blow out or anything like that, he carries all your stuff. Right. Toolboxes, box, box of parts, uh, bikes, everything like that. That is awesome. So, so, and also during that deal, you had brought it up. You've been a long time seven rider, but you switched to fly and they're a sponsor for us and, and for the show. 
Um, I, how are you liking the new switch to the gear? Like something different? Um, yeah, no hard zones at all with seven. No, no, uh, no. Great company, everything. Um, we just it was uh, was talking with um, Mike uh, and Vinyl, and so we made the switch to fly pretty last minute. Um, I think I was going to be making a switch to fly regardless for outdoors. Yeah. Uh, I had some help in the in the workings and stuff with them. And then um, we just went ahead and made the switch, uh, you know, because I obviously went with TPJ, and that's their main one of their main sponsors. And yeah, so everything yeah. worked out really well. Everything worked out really well, and uh, I love the gear. Um, it fits me awesome. It fits the knee braces good. Uh, it's not too tight on the jersey. Everything's really good, so it definitely fits uh, really well. And it's also all my sets are vented, which I really like. Um, it just the airflow is awesome, and you don't get too hot in Bro, it. And you're like rich. really good. You, you need to get like an extra small jersey <laughs> and throw that on there, like just 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 to show off for the ladies. Yeah, no, the uh, the seven. <laughs> so with seven, I used to always wear that. Like I don't think it's pretty rare if I didn't wear compression. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, the compression made me look like the Hulk. So. <laughs> I might be missing the compression a little bit. I might have to talk to the guys that are flying and see if we can come up with like a one-off. But um, awesome. the, yeah, the light hydrogen is the closest thing to that. That's the snuggest. I, I think you're. It sounds he's, like you're wearing the kinetic mesh. Probably he's walking around built with this huge mane of hair. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, like that's it's awesome. Like me, right? I mean, no, is he, no. Is but he ripped as I am. Ripped. That's that's the term you're going to yeah. use to describe yourself. <laughs> Dark side sitting here describing himself the, uh, as ripped. That's hilarious. Yeah. I'm wearing the uh, the kinetic mesh. Yeah. Um, I think I think I'll be wearing the uh, light hydrogen in a few rounds, but right now we're just wearing the kinetic sure. mesh. Yeah. And then, uh, go ahead. With the helmet, the helmet situation, um, no hard zones at all with uh, fly helmets. They're really good helmets, especially. I heard a lot of good stuff about their new helmets, the but uh, formula. I'm just Ooh. yeah. <clears throat> I'm just linked up with Bell for a few more years under contract, so yeah. um, I just kind of. Love the bells and yeah, we'll be yeah. with bells. Totally yeah. understand. Do you even run padding inside that helmet <laughs> with all your hair? At, so actually, it's funny because normal. So the normal size helmet that I wear is a medium, and you think I have like this extra large or large helmet, but I run medium with small cheek pads, and so it it's kind of funny because my hair might be all like big and fluffy, but whenever I put the helmet on, it goes flat. Right. So all that hair just sticks out the back. Well, Dark Side, I was telling Zane uh, a couple weeks ago. I was talking to him. I'm like, he can't. He cannot cut his hair. Like, like you're kind of like where Blake Wharton was. It's it's like part of your signature. You yeah. you're stuck with it. Like even if you're like it's hot and it's bothering you, you you're stuck with it. It's it's a signature now. Yeah, I just pull mine back yeah. in a ponytail, man. I don't see how you ride with it down because that drives me crazy. Hey, let's see. Let's see how good you're. Like, what did I tell you? Whenever you asked me that question, um, you said you're never going to cut it, right? I said I'm never cutting it, and if I was to cut it, it'd be in a few years. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. See, my my fiance said if I ever cut my hair, she's cutting hers off. So I, I'm I'm I, and I like it anyway. So I do I do think like I I started wearing my hair in a bun when I'm at work just to keep it out of the way. And, like, I wish they would build a, a helmet with, like, a removable pocket for the bun. For a man bun? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I was talking to Jordan Jarvis about that. Like I said, because she was wearing her hair in a bun one day at a race. I was like, dude, they need to make a helmet that fits that thing. 
But uh, anyway, Zane, dude, really proud of you, man. It's it's great to see what you're doing. Uh, I want to see you keep improving. I'd love to see you get some points. That's what we're going to be pulling for, for this, sure. this year. You know, um, I think that's a pretty damn good goal is to score some points and then – and you need to come in studio one time when yeah. once you're back in Texas. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'll be back um, in a few weeks. We could, if you want to invite me back up on the show, we definitely could do another one. Uh, I'll be back. I can come down and do a whole podcast at the show and everything. That'd be great. Um, I so like we're linking up with a bunch of. I just want to put this out there for everybody that is listening. Like you said, you have your YouTube. Yeah. Um, definitely go. We're trying to put this whole program together. Um, I got a couple of different filmers. Elsie, um, Andy is the guy that's doing the first couple rounds out here in California. And then Seth Heggy, a lot of Texans know him, yes, and right. a lot of people know him as well. And then I'm linking up with, like, Collision Media, um, <clears throat> West Cane Mafia, Lap King, Faction, and Humblebee, and just uh, a couple other sponsors also that are um, sponsoring the YouTube channel. So if you guys will go and, like, subscribe, like, and comment on my YouTube uh, channel and everything, we're doing a whole documentary of the whole privateer season. And, like I said, we're doing a documentary, so it's going to be, like, all, like, the struggles, the good times, the hard times, um, the ups, the downs, what it takes, the sacrifice it takes. Uh, the We'll do a couple episodes, like, during the week and then, like, the you know, like, the recovery of what it all takes and goes down and plays out. And, um... We're going to try to drop every video, or every, like, episode on a Wednesday. Awesome. So that way, like, you know, Monday, Tuesday, we kind of, like, can make sure all the film is good. That way we're not rushing everything. Sure. But uh, we'll be um, we'll be dropping every episode on Wednesday. So if you guys definitely want to check that out, uh, we just – it just started blowing up. Um, I definitely got a lot of people help with uh, putting it out there. So, um, yeah, we're just trying to get the subscribers up. And my last video – I've been averaging about a thousand views, and this last one's hit three thousand. Heck yeah! Like, nice. well, we need some of your we need yeah. some of your uh, yeah. viewers then. <laughs> yeah, I think this last video it hit pretty good. Uh, it had pretty good. Um, yeah, three point three k views, and awesome. so uh, awesome. It did well. So yeah, it's just if you guys you know want to follow the yeah. privateer journey. And that's just is that just under your name, Zane Merritt? Yes, sir. She's under Zane Merritt and in 29. Awesome. So. All right, man. Well, Zane, thank you so much for taking some time tonight and coming on. And uh, like I said, look forward to seeing you keep improving. Thanks, man. Appreciate everything. And I just want to say a special thanks to uh, everybody that helps me behind the scenes. Yeah, uh, man. Absolutely. Well, start off by thanking you guys for um, inviting me onto the Moto X pod, uh, pod show. And I want to uh, start off by thanking my mechanic, Dalton, Jeff Quick, the whole QMR facility, Kyle Regal, Dana Quick. My personal trainer, Kelly, my dad, Sean Weiser, West Cane Mafia, Sickwick, Lap Kings, Team Construction, Fly, TPJ, Pirelli, Scott, Faction, TJ Cycle, Humblebee, SMF, Tamer Holeshot, Fuel, Mika Metals, Enzo, Bell, Nihilo, EBS, DSD Construction, Collision Media, Administration. Thanks, right. everybody. Great, great list of sponsors. Good job, man. Thanks, Zane. Thank you. All right, Talk see you, buddy. Later, man. Dude, I really think that more riders should use stuff like this to plug their sponsors. I'm just saying, like guys don't ever. We, most of the guys don't do that. I think that's cool that they, yeah, he's yeah. putting them first. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's awesome. Very cool. Okay, so again, archive listeners, YouTube listeners, one more break. We'll be back with Billy Edmondson with Power Band Racing, and we'll wrap this thing up. Yeah.
again. We're back from our last break of the night, and our next guest is brought to you by Powerband Racing. It's a suspension company dedicated to providing the best service and products. They are committed to developing new products that improve your ride. They want your suspension to be the best it can be. They are based out of Minneapolis, and they are a WP authorized service center. From mini bikes to big bikes, Powerband Racing has your suspension covered. Contact them at 320-983-3400 and follow them on Facebook and Instagram. So on the line with us is the owner of Powerband Racing, Mr. Billy Edmondson. What's up, dude? How you doing, gentlemen? Billy bringing himself to the show. Tonight, yeah, basically. yeah. He's brought yeah I know. I, I've never sponsored myself like that. So. Well, I thought that <laughs> right. was the cheapest way to go. Is, you know, is If you sponsor yourself, then you're really not out anything. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Well, Billy, tell us what's new with uh, Powerband. I, I saw, you know, on your Instagram, you guys have been, it looks like you've been expanding the shops and you got all kinds of stuff going on. You know, it, it's, it's been a busy year so far and, uh, you know, can't complain. I mean, the joys of obviously with owning a business is the, uh, the growing pains, the ups and downs, but, uh, you know, it's been a good season. And actually with, uh, with WP, you know, they just released that new exact fork and shock, you know, it's been really, really good. I mean, it's, it's gotten some good reviews so far. I mean, uh, I, yeah, I can't complain. It's uh, it's been a busy spring with uh, Akits for sure. Right, and we we had Mark Johnson on earlier. I, I would assume you're familiar with Mark. I am familiar. I have, you know, personally, <laughs> I haven't got to physically meet the man yet, but uh, you know, we've been uh, corresponding and doing yeah. different things. And uh, I met him through uh, one of my reps at WP, and uh, he's been an absolute blessing. So. Yeah, you actually put me in touch with him, so I was sort of joking, but yeah, that guy. Uh, I was telling him, guys like yourselves who do suspension and, and Mark are just, like, it blows my mind because I just can't really wrap my brain around the technical aspect of suspension, and TJ's been making fun of me. Yeah, because basically, just so you know, listening um, to Mark and Darkside talk, it was like somebody teaching chess to a three-year-old. It was <laughs> awesome. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> you know, I- Jamie, I'll give I'll give I'll give you some credit though, because I I feel the same way at times when uh, I get around guys like Mark that it's yeah. just it, you know if you could see these types of guys as even their Excel computer game, I mean they have Excel files upon Excel files, and I just feel like a fumbling buffoon at times with my notebooks because I'm right. like I can't bring myself to do that type of legwork, but these guys make it look so seamless. So I mean, uh, yeah, it, it's 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 a lot of fun working with guys like that. Right. So just out of curiosity, Billy, before I ask the question, where are y'all located out of? Minneapolis. So we're, 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 we're based out of just North of Minneapolis. So <laughs> I always refer to us as Minneapolis. Cause if I refer to it as the, the town we're in, people would be like, huh? Okay. <laughs> kind of like, you know, so it's just easier to say we're, we're Minneapolis, but yeah, we're based out of Minnesota. We've been here our whole existence. I mean, it, it's uh, born and raised here. At some point, you know, when the kids are off the roost, you know, I might look at a little a little warmer environments. I mean, uh, Hal's trying to make me buy a training facility in, in Richards, Texas, but I, I'm still waiting for him to loan me some money first. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. So, Well, here here's the reason why I bring that up. This last weekend, we were at Farm 14, and you had, I know you weren't, but you had your van down there, huh? Yeah, so we had our South Carolina uh, shop, uh, Tyler Nolan, who's our technician there. Uh, he's been kind of traveling around the uh, the circuit this uh, pretty much since uh, Minneapolis. We've had him uh, 
I think he his first real outing was helping Sipes up at the uh, Trophy Donations, and then uh, yeah, so he's been kind of, you know, it's kind of like a baptism by fire. But you know, the best way for a, a tech to really to to learn that trade is to kind of get thrown in the trenches. I always think. I mean, you can have a tech that understands how stuff works, but it's different when you have a tech that's standing there with someone that's you know whether they're in your face asking you a a subtle question or something that's a little bit more above, you know, or something outside your wheelhouse, you got to learn how to just kind of roll with it and, you know, and, and work through problems. And yeah, so he's, he's, he was there at Wyndham's this weekend, next, I think, uh, Gatorback next weekend and then, uh, south of the border the following weekend. So it's kind of been a, a busy June. Let's just put it that way. Well, here's the reason why I, I bring that up. And that's cool. The way you said trial by fire, because this last weekend, cause I know y'all are a WP guys, but a buddy yep. of ours, one of my son's friends, YZ252 stroke, shock blew, blew out. I don't know what happened. There was just no dampening in it whatsoever. I wasn't over there when it, you know, over there happening. And he went to y'all, and I guess your guy there used some WP parts to basically band-aid it to get him back out on the track and, and in time to... I don't remember if he qualified or got seventh. He was right there, at, you know, when it was all said and done. And to be able to do that, to use to use that stuff to band-aid a deal together, that's pretty awesome. You know, I, I guess I didn't hear that story, so uh, you know, that kind of brings a uh, you know brings a smile to my face. Um, you know, me, me, and you know, Jamie have been kind of even talking about different things with with our industry and stuff. And at the end of the day, I mean, that's a tough thing. You're you're now we're we're not you know we're not selling you know air and we're not selling water here we're we're suspension guys but at yeah. the same time you know it, it it really does bring a smile to my face when you're able to take something something that's simple to us I mean if if somebody runs up to us with an absolute you know panic in their eyes where they're just like I don't know what happened and they're looking at it like it's the end of the world but to us as suspension guys or even a motor guy we just kind of roll our eyes you know put on a pair of rubber gloves and go, just, just give me, give it, give it to me. I'll fix it. Yeah. That's what I had <laughs> to do this week. We broke. Cases yeah. And this it, weekend, it, so. it spoils you. It spoils you a little bit at times, but it's right. like, you know, it, it, it's really cool that you're able to do that and help somebody out in a situation and not just give them the, the tough love or, Oh, sucks to be you. And it's like, yeah. well, you drove, you drove all this way. You spent all that money. The last thing you need is something as, as, as simple as a, as a fricking $2 and 50 cent oil seal. That took you 15 minutes to put in. Yeah, I think I think we can get that squared away. Right. So. And, and speaking of that whole process of helping guys trackside, you've got something that we're going to talk about in a little bit that you want to offer some of our listeners. So, um, yeah, everybody that's listening that has WP suspension, hang tight because we got a really cool opportunity for you guys here in a minute. Um, I'm curious if you could find some WP suspension that might fit my 1999 Honda CR250 that I just got. <laughs> because everything on this bike is destroyed and I'm going to be having to rebuild it from the ground up. So, so, so am I hearing this right? You have a screaming Eagle Ronnie Mac. Yes. He actually did. Now that you said Excellent. that, I didn't even think about that. That's I didn't exactly either. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. yeah. This, <laughs> well, the, the first thing I'll tell you is you're going to have to take a, a tin snips to the side cover because the side plate will literally cut a hole in the side of that shock body. If it already hasn't. 
so that will be the first thing we'll have to look at with that. So yeah, well, pretty much um, all the plastic and all it's it's completely afraid. It, it, this thing, I'll send you a picture of it later. Was it it was my bike that I bought when I decided to start racing again. I bought it used in uh, like oh two or oh three, and then in oh six when I finally decided to get a four fifty Honda, I sold this ninety nine to a buddy of mine. He moved down to Gulfport, Mississippi, where it has basically just sat in a barn and deteriorated. And it's like the plastic is powder, the frame is corroded, <laughs> the the oil is milk, uh, water came out of the swing arm when I pulled it apart. It's unreal. I, I would have never believed it was this bad of shape. But he just gave it back to me. I saw him like a year ago. He's like, if you want it, you can have it. And I didn't even question what shape it was in. I was like, yeah, why not? Let's see what we can do. And it's, oh, my God, it's so bad. But it's it's going to be fun to mess with. But um. So it's a Honda though. It's a Honda. It is a Honda. I, I have I have a fleet of Hondas that I'm constantly working on. <laughs> and no matter you know, something happened years ago where these manufacturers just really stopped caring. I you know, it it's sad, but it's like you can literally take that ninety nine and with a handful of parts, you can press it apart and press it back together. Yep. And it will feel just like it did you know, even like the shocks. I mean we do you know, most people don't know, but we're a we're a Showa dealer also. So okay. we work with Showa. You know, we have an account with Showa Japan. So we get a lot of you know different parts for some of our youth model stuff from Japan. And you'd be surprised at what's still available. I mean, I can order up a, a shock clevis for a you know a, a literally the same motorcycle you have. And yep, six eight weeks later, this clevis will show up from Japan with a bunch of Japanese newspaper wrapped around it, and it will be your shock clevis. So it's cool that that stuff's still somewhat available. Um, but I, I, I love the what my favorite part about working on bikes is the chase. It's the uh, it's the new out of stock that can't be found, and you just eBay the hell out of it until you find it, and then it's like the holy grail when you actually get it. So I mean that's right. that's my I'm work I'm working on an eighty three. Uh, 93 and 88 and a 94 right now. So I've got a fleet of them that are all in pieces, but they all have a, a different spot in my heart. So. The 93 CR250 was the first bike I bought with my own money as a senior in high school. It's Man, still an amazing motorcycle. I would love <laughs> to have that bike back. And it's funny, I sold that bike, um, I think in 96 when I got hurt and I quit riding for nine years. Never saw that bike until about five or six years ago it showed up in my neighborhood sitting out in front of a guy's house for sale i knew it was the same bike because i stripped it down painted the frame yellow um i mean i was i was 17 years old i i I did stupid stuff like i wrapped the brake cables in blue electrical tape because i thought it looked cool (laughs) that blue electrical tape was still on there i was like that's my bike and the wow. guy wanted like fifteen hundred dollars for it, and it was trash too. I said, "Dude, there's yep. no way I can give you fifteen hundred for it." And uh, I was trying to get some money, like I was trying to get like eight hundred bucks together and offer him, and he sold it to some guy in Arkansas, and it was gone, and it broke my heart. But yeah, and right. Hal, Hal just mentioned on the YouTube, no, Billy has Hondas, so yeah, you know, sorry, sorry, Hal, Hondas are uh, just they're, they're the way to go, baby. Yeah, I'm not saying a new brand new Honda is the way to go, but I will I will tell you the the old Hondas do have a, a place. But when when it comes time to your to your '99, you just let me know and 
we'll, we'll, we'll source all the suspension parts and get it all refurb for you. We'll, oh, we'll make awesome. it look better than what uh, it was. It's so. going to need a lot. Like as of right now, I'm just, this thing was down South. I swear it was in the flood and then they fished it <laughs> back out of the ocean. Like it washed away yeah. and they found it when they were but, drilling for oil. That's what happened. But the thing is, it's bad. But the thing is what people don't realize is some of the best things is if it's never been a part, I always tell guys, I don't want some, and I'm not, I'm not going to bash an, you know, an oil company or this or that, or even some of the aftermarket parts. But when, when they put the OEM oil in those things, you literally could, those things could outlive a nuclear winter <laughs> and you would take that shock apart. Cause it's, you know, a lot of that oil was breaking oil. It was, you know, Japanese oil is cutting high end cutting oil at times. It's phenomenal stuff. Yeah. It's when guys go and throw a cheap cord of bell ray in the shock. Well, then it strips all the coatings off because the polymers get stripped, mm-hmm. and that's when they actually get wore out. But, hey, that's sometimes that 99, you might take that thing apart and go, it's still good. Right. It might have some rusty... It might have some rusty dust seals on it from the from the springs rusting, yeah. but it's probably still intact. But you got to remember that the guy who had this was the guy who black or blue electrical taped his his cables. No, that was so. well, that was my it, other bike. That was the other bike, but it's <laughs> yeah. still the same guy. Still the same yeah. guy. This bike, it was probably it was probably coming from the era where factory effects used to make like yellow and purple plastic yes. for those things. So I've, yes, I, I had I had a purple Honda '95, yeah. so I can't sit here and say I didn't. So yeah, so like if you remember in '93, the graphics on the CR were yellow or blue yes. blue in 94 they went yellow so i took the nine on the, the cr logo i took the 94 graphics with the yellow logo put on there and that's why i painted the frame yellow and then i just did the blue i don't know i thought it looked cool i know it looks stupid now but as a kid it, I was like, it probably looked good at the time yeah i mean i was literally <laughs> going to walmart and buying like contact paper for your cabinets and cutting my yep. backgrounds out of that um and yeah, custom cutting my numbers. I mean, whatever. It, it, it was a long time ago, but this '99 is—it's going to be a hell of a project. I will definitely get with you. But Billy, let's talk about what you hit me up on uh, um, about a month ago. You, you've got a, a an idea of, of like a contest you want to run. You know, so we were kind of touching base on you know some different stuff from before, and you know, it, and uh, you know, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll kind of tell you the backstory of what this kind of came about. So. A few years back, we decided to, as a company, we hadn't been up to an, uh, an East Coast race. So me and my wife loaded up our Renegade, and we actually drove up, and we we're part of the sponsorship of the MX-207 uh, Racer X event, the main event. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for, for something different, we were like, you know, seeing that New England was a big uh, customer base for us as far as WP parts, we thought, you know what, let's, let's bring up some A-kits and we'll let people demo them. And this was around the time, you know, that, you know, people weren't really doing that. They were just starting to do it through WP. But long and short is I'm like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to take my own money. I'll buy these kits and I'll let people demo them. They didn't have to sign a waiver. They didn't have to sign anything. They just had a promise to bring the dang thing back. (laughs) Otherwise I'd hunt them down at the track. But, you know, so long and short is throughout the weekend, you know, we had, you know, people trying stuff and a lot of them were vet guys. And I had this young kid come up to me with this ratty, little KTM 125. I mean, you could tell the kid, it took his whole paycheck to keep this thing running. And uh, he was, you know, there with his buddies. And he's like, you really mean I can, I can try this stuff? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. He's like, well, do, do I have to do anything? I said, just put it up on the stand. I'll take care of it. So I removed his forks and, you know, put on the new cone valves. And he's just sitting around with his buddies, just staring at him the whole time. And his buddies are all, you know, giving him the elbow and stuff. And, he goes out and does a practice session, and, and the deal was you got to do one or two practice sessions. You had to bring it back so other people could. 
And just to see the look on his face when that was all, you know, during it and after it. And I thought, God, that, that was so much fun just to see that. I knew the kid wasn't going to buy him, but I wanted to give him that experience of, you know, one, having a suspension guy just cater to his needs. I mean, there I am. I'm his technician for, for that small time period. And That's I thought, cool. may, maybe there's something we could do because the industry is kind of weird at times where they, you know, everybody wants to line their pockets with something, with some gimmick. And I'm like, you know what? I would love to come up with something. And I think we kind of ordered it factory for a day. And I thought, you know, perfect example would have been at, at Wyndham's this weekend. I would love to have had the opportunity for a young rider to say, you know what? Maybe we'll have some type of a giveaway or raffle, whatever you want it to be, where we could have it where, okay, there's a, a big race coming up. I show up for the day for the weekend and I'm your technician. I am your concierge for the whole weekend as far as suspension support. I bring a kit. We put it on your bike. Even if we don't necessarily, you know, um, you know, even at the end, maybe we just rework your stock stuff before we leave. Just give you the opportunity to, you know, see what it's like to what it's, you know, the day in the life of Mark Johnson, I mean, he catered yeah. to Cooper, he catered to Ryan. I mean, he was there for those championships and the victories and the losses. But what a cool opportunity it would be to actually do that for, you know, some young up-and-coming kid that never really even checked his SAG before. And now all of a sudden <laughs> he's got a WP technician that's at his beck and call throughout practice, through his motos, and at the end of the weekend, you know, give you some insight into what you need to do to make it better. I don't, you know, I kind of left it out to you guys and being like, you know, what could we do, you know, one, to you know, bring awareness to it or to, hell, we could raise money for something. I'm not looking for, you know, monetary, you know, uh, you know, uh, I'm not looking to line my pockets. With right. this. I, I want to give back, and, and that's, you know, I'm a suspension guy. I can't do nothing more besides, you know, give you the best that I can give you. I think that's such a rad thing, a thought and an opportunity that, you know, like one of our listeners could potentially – be like a factory rider for the day, you know, with, with the suspension. I mean, that have somebody, yeah, that's something I certainly have never had. And, and like just talking to Mark earlier, it'd be nice to have somebody that knew what they were doing to sit there and say, okay, I see this. Or, you know, or if I'm like, Hey, I feel this in this, this particular section and to have somebody knowledgeable be like, well, let's try this. Uh, yeah, I don't think very many of our listeners, unless you're a factory rider, you probably never had that opportunity. Or, or you know, and then nothing against you know guys that have their own local suspension guys. I mean that's great, but even even there's times where you know customers of my own, I'll be at an event, and then a couple of days later they'll be like, yeah, I, I was struggling with this, and I'm like, you you know, I was at that event. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't want to I didn't want to bother you. You looked busy, and it's like you guys don't realize that's what I'm there for. I wasn't there to get a suntan and listen to two strokes rubbing my ear the whole time. I mean, I was there for support. So I mean, utilize us. I mean. Whether you're, I mean, there's a lot of people that don't utilize their local suspension guy because they don't maybe don't know the questions to ask or they don't want to bother them. But it's like, you know what? To get the most out of it, you, you know, that's you're going to have to ask questions and you're going to have to try different things. So. Right. So how yeah. do you how do you want to do this? You uh, do you have any thoughts on um, details on how you want to maybe do this for one of our listeners as far as a contest or uh, wow. you know email entries? Any thoughts on it, or do you want to talk about that off the air? Um. You know, let's 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 throw it out there to the universe, and okay. and maybe some maybe some of your listeners have some insight into something that's you know coming up. I mean, I'm not you know I'm not saying that oh well this only works because you're going to have to come up to me. Right. It's not about that. Yeah. Now keep in mind we're going to keep the 
the continental 48, 49 states here. We're not, <laughs> I'm not going to Belize anytime soon with, yeah. with this contest. But, so Tony, you know, Tony let's, Cutler, let's think about a way to Tony Cutler in New Zealand cannot enter the contest. <laughs> no, he is void of, uh, it, yeah. If, if their zip code only has four digits, they're not included in the contest. <laughs> I, I don't know. If I had a chance to go to New Zealand. Yeah, right? Out, yeah. <laughs> hey, before we go on you know, with this, one of our listeners, Jonesy736, wants to know your opinion, best shock oil to use, brand. So... I'm torn on that. Okay? okay. So as as a WP authorized service center, obviously I'm gonna I'm gonna promote their product as as much as I possibly can. But you know, before I was a, a WP service center, you know, I I, I go back to it. I was a, I'm still a Showa, you know, uh, importer that kind of stuff. So right now, I personally still use a lot of Showa oil, and and it doesn't has no reflect on WP. It's just the fact of you know we right now we we go through 55 drums and WP isn't necessarily importing the 55 drums yet when they, when they eventually have them in stock, then I'll start using them. Um, I, as a business owner, you know, I'm not going to pin one oil against the other oil. They're both fantastic oils. Um, I think sometimes, and I might be misspeaking at times, but the, the Japanese oil manufacturers or some of the European manufacturers, they have the ability to add polymers that I don't think, the U.S. markets really can get their hands on at times. Mm. So I think sometimes it's the same thing. You know, when you talk about uh, coat and some of these different coatings you can apply to suspension, and everybody's like, well, why does it get done in Japan? Well, probably the EPA probably has a lot to say about that yeah, because yeah. it probably is pretty, pretty toxic stuff. <laughs> um, you could say the same about, you know, different motor oils and suspension oils and stuff. I mean, there are some polymers and different additives that, but, uh, you know, I do, I personally, I think the, you know, as of right now, if you sent me your shock, I'd probably put Showa SS 25, which is a, a two and a half weight in there. I think that's an excellent oil. Um, you know, will, will, will all oils work? Yes. All oils will work it, but it has to do with how long will it work before it starts to fade? And that's right. the problem most guys do. They look at, well, I can get my hands on this oil, but you know, for us, Minnesota, I mean, so we're based out of Minnesota. 10% of our business is Minnesota. 90% is out of state and out of country. So I don't get the luxury at time to tell some customer that's in Illinois or Tennessee or Texas, hey, by the way, I don't run very expensive oil, so every 20 hours you're going to have to ship it to me because it's going to start feeling funny. Right. I have to have oil that can go 40, 60 hours before you even pick the phone up. Um, so that's why I use the expensive oil because you know I, I have to. I have to... In essence, I got to get longevity out of my product. Otherwise, the end user is going to start having issues very shortly after he gets it back. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Didn't even think about that. All right. So Jonesy says thank you. Um, let's <laughs> let's move back to the topic at hand. So you think maybe just letting our listeners kind of give us some just suggestions of maybe some events coming up, some uh, how they might want to handle it. Is that what you want to try? Absolutely. Absolutely. I okay. mean, we're, we're as a company, we're open to anything. I mean, it, it's it's going forward with a lot of this stuff. I mean, you know, I think I've probably told you this before. Business isn't what business used to be. I mean, unfortunately, at times you wish you could just do your job and just do it to the best of your ability and that, you know, you could just go to work and nine to five, do your best, ship stuff off, blah, blah, blah. That doesn't work anymore. I mean, the Amazons of the world have changed everything, so everybody's about this new thing, and, and it's about keeping people's attentions. And, you know, the old way of doing work 
it's not the same. So sometimes you got to get a little bit more creative and, you know, instead of, you know, somebody sending something to me, maybe I got to go to them. I mean, I'm always open for, you know, guys that want to pool, you know, if you, if you told me tomorrow, Hey, Billy, if we got 10, 15 guys together, could you come down to Texas and work with us for a weekend? Yeah, we could probably put that together. Now, do I want to do that every single weekend? No, but if it gets me the opportunity, you know, because I always say, you know, it's so funny. I go back years and years of doing this, and people used to give me a hard time. I don't charge for setting SAG. And I'm like, why would I charge for SAG? Well, you got to charge for SAG. If I can't prove to you that I can set SAG and not take $20 from you, I don't know if you want to work with me. You know, because I always look at it and say, well, if I can show you this for free – Imagine what you could do with me if you actually did business with me. Right. So no, that's that's a really good business um, model. I like that a lot. So what? <laughs> let's do start with this um, for our listeners that are anybody listening to the archives, anybody on YouTube. Except Hal. Except for Hal, of Except course. Hal. Yeah, we Except Hal, for Hal. Hal is not eligible. Hal's, for Hal's part of that four-digit zip code. Hal's yes. in that club. Yes. <laughs> you know, if he goes and buys the training facility down there in the Houston area, which I think was the VP training center yes. uh if he if he buys that we'll and lets us come ride then we'll allow him into the contest other then than I'll, that then I'll set his bag. yeah other than that <laughs> uh, send your emails to the moto xpod show at gmail.com or go to the moto xpod show moto xpod show.com and use the contact form send us your thoughts on this uh if you'd like to be you know eligible if you have wp suspension you want to be eligible for a chance to basically have a suspension Technician for a day, eight a uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking? Be like a factory, a factory, factory for yeah. a day, factory for a day. Fact. Let us know, and we'll we'll put some suggestions. We'll take some suggestions. We'll figure it out, and um, we're gonna come up with something. I, I like the idea of like a Texas ride day with some of our listeners, where they can come down, and we we can all get together and hang out. Maybe have some food, and do something like that. But we'll we'll put something together. And Billy, I am just blown away that you even suggested this to me. Um, it's been probably about a month. We've been talking about this and, um, it's exciting. I wish I had a, I'll have to borrow one of house bikes and that way maybe it will be eligible then where then I can, you I can't can, win. Fact, if I can't, oh, I, I'm I, not eligible either. I can't Shit. win the helmets. He won't let me win yeah. helmets or, or any of the giveaways. Damn. So now you're out too. I'm so. not eligible either. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. But I, I really think this is a cool idea, Billy. And, and it's really, I, one, I really appreciate you coming on board with us. Um, as a sponsor, it's really cool, and and then offering this as an extra bonus, pretty rad for our listeners. Well, you know, and that's like I said, it's it's been a great experience for us, and and hopefully, you know, even with some of the giveaway stuff, I, I know I've seen a few of the certificates come across my my workbench, and I'm hoping that you know everybody that's been been able to do business with my company. Uh, or whether it's myself or, or my, you know, technician in South Carolina, Tyler, um, you know, I, you know, we're very, we're, we're a small tight knit group. I think yeah. I told you this before and, and, and I have no plans of, you know, expanding to where I can't keep track of people because that's not, uh, this stuff is, the suspension is very unique for what it is. And, you know, and, and that's been the fantastic part, you know, with, with, with dealing even with Mark, um, you know what I'm learning, and it's and it's something that I really didn't put two and two together until I started working with different guys like uh, himself. You know, with Mark and, and different guys, people don't realize that suspension is almost geographically. It's almost like little tribes. Okay, so when when you are a suspension guy, you think, well, okay, I worked with a few guys and we got some really good settings, and everybody is you know really really liking the setting. 
but that's based out of a certain region with certain types of soil and certain types of variety. And that was an eye opener for for our company when we got a chance to go up to Maine and, and see MX two hundred seven. What a different track! I mean, the, mm-hmm. the takeoffs were much different. The, the soil was so different. And then you get guys like Mark that are in SoCal, and we have these conversations about settings, and it's more about just understanding, you know, settings that you might use in Texas at underground. That might be totally different than what you'd see at Bud's Creek or WW or or at Paula, and that's because of the climates, the soil. It's the type of guys that are riding it. I mean, you get some old-school New England guys, they ride the bikes totally different. Or you get the SoCal guys that are coming up short so they can get to the inside rut. Well, that takes a lot of different dampening than what you would at certain tracks. So that's what I'm even, I mean, at the age of 42, I'm still learning, and I'm still <laughs> open to that stuff. And, and honestly, that's sometimes why I like to travel and do these test days because it's like, you gain so much just seeing how guys ride because I'm sorry, an intermediate vet guy or a pro vet guy or an intermediate schoolboy rider, those can mean 15 different things no matter where you go in the country. So, so for suspension companies, just say, well, we've got the fix. Well, you got to go back and look at your settings and say, you know, I would love to work with a guy like Mark and say, let's build a database for, these settings that we can agree upon that, that you can show that these are excellent baselines and then geographically lay them on a map and say, but these are the settings that we need to tweak because of terrain, temperature, and all that kind of stuff. I think that's what will allow you to have a better product when it's all said and done. Well, that's why like I've been a big proponent for years, and then Chris Kiefer's kind of starting to come out with it too, talking about when they do the bike shootouts. They do them all in Southern California, and a bike that works good out there may not work good here in Texas because we have deep ruts and sand. So isn't that, ama- isn't that amazing though? Because I mean, that I guess every <laughs> every suspension guy in the country would probably have a, a you know an opinion of motocross action and, and their report on this bike, you know, and and why they you know it's even like for pole rods. Why is California the home of longer pole rods? I'm not anti-ride engineering or anybody like that. Fantastic. You guys make great products. But it's so funny. It doesn't matter what your bike just came out. The 2020 KTM is going to come out with a 247-millimeter pull rod, and someone in Southern Cal in within six weeks will have a one-millimeter longer pull rod, and you're like, well, why, why does it need a pull rod? Well, we put pull rods on everything because it's, it's, it's Southern Cal. you got – guys going 70 miles an hour down you know mount st helen yep. into a bunch of braking bumps it yeah. probably feels a lot better having that back end squatted but exactly. does that correlate to mount morris you know that's a blue groove farmland so that's where i always look at that and say let's look at the data what does the data tell us and you know you could probably ask guys like mark i mean when you're a factory technician it's it's no running joke that you'd go at the end of the weekend into that semi and you'd see four shocks probably laying there in a heap because between practice and the first motos, they were scrambling to find some settings because this guy didn't like the settings because now all of a sudden they're at Mount Morris this weekend or they're at Freestone the next weekend. Right. So even the factory guys are still trying to find their settings sure. based upon these different environments. So it's just kind of interesting, the different approach to it, not just I made it better. Well, why did you make it better because of that? So Yeah. It really is like again, like I've said, it's over my head, but I definitely want to get involved with this and see – and figure out a really cool contest. So we're going to 
start we'll get we'll get some emails in hopefully in the next week or so and uh as people listen to the show and we're gonna come up with something cool billy and i appreciate it man it means a lot that you're offering this um and how you know i'm i'm busting your balls man so don't have your feelings hurt i'm sorry don't don't be crying you're sad um you're eligible you're my buddy you do a lot for me so it's all good do you think we could have this contest at the at Hal's new training facility if that's not too much to ask? Oh yeah, well if nothing else, we can at least we can have a big group contest and meet at his house. Try and, it out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we should try it out at least. It looks like a nice place. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I, I bet he'd feed us all. He he could probably he he probably would feed us well. Yeah, yeah. And Julie Julie's good people, so I know she'll take care of us. I like it. I like it. I'm setting the calendar. All right, perfect, Billy. Thank you for coming on. We'll talk um, this week, or you know, and we'll we'll get well. Once I get some emails, I'll get with you. We'll come up with a game plan, and we'll have you on again once we decide everything definitively, and we'll make this happen. That sounds awesome, guys. All right, guys. So support Powerband Racing. Go to our website. There's a link in the sponsor page to get there, and uh, Billy will take care of you guys if you have WP suspension, or it sounds like even if you have show suspension. That's so. Right. Yeah. Thanks, Billy. I only I only work on ninety nine, so we'll, we'll <laughs> perfect. <go>. I have <laughs> one. All right, man. Guys. Hey, thanks, dude. Have a good night. Great talking to yep. you. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. This that has is... been a very technically smart show. Yeah, yeah, way over my head. So it's time to make some fart jokes, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is uh we're gonna wrap up episode one twenty five. TJ needs to get home. I got stuff to do. Um what are you trying to do? YouTube? Yeah, yeah just okay. Doing my job. You yep, yep. Doing your... Sorry, man. I just it's weirds me out when other people grab my phone. Mind your business, sir. So, <laughs> I think uh, it's been a good episode. We appreciate everybody that has been on the YouTube. From now on, that's what it's going to be called. The, the YouTube. YouTube. Um, Patreon.com. We still have the Extreme Colors Fly Racing helmet coming up that we're going to give away to one of our Patreon supporters. Uh, I'm not even going to go. I was going to order the helmet, but I'm not because now I, need, I don't even know what size the winner's going to want. So I would say in the next two or that's three good, weeks. That's a good idea. Yeah, I, didn't even I would think say in the that. next two or three weeks, we're going to announce officially this contest, how we're going to do it. If you're not a patron supporter, you will not be eligible for a free Fly F2 helmet, custom painted custom by Extreme painted Colors. Your design. Yeah, please. Yeah, your, your design. Please go to patreon.com and support the Moto X Pod show. Thank you for supporting our sponsors. Uh, everybody's listening. We appreciate you, and we'll be back probably with another show next week. TJ will not be here, but uh, see you next week. We're out. <laughs> <laughs>